You're probably doing the wrong tasks at your gym. How do I know? I did the wrong tasks at my gym for years, but today I'm going to chat with a gym owner who succeeded in offloading some tasks and removing himself from many roles so he can build a better business. I'm Mike Workington. This is Two Brain Radio. Quick reminder, if you're lost at sea, you can interact with Two Brain Mentors and Chris Cooper himself in the private Facebook group, Gym Owners United. To join, head to gymownersunited.com. Do that today. Now, we track everything at Two Brain, and in August, our leaderboard for owner's hourly rate went from $180 to over $800, if you can believe that. The people on the leaderboard make money from their businesses, and they do it without working millions and millions of hours. To calculate your effective hourly rate, or EHR as we call it, divide your total pay, including all benefits from the business, by the number of hours you worked on or in the business. You got to count them all, not just the ones that you spend coaching. Now, you can drive your EHR up by working fewer hours or by making more money. Working less and making more sounds like a pretty sweet combo to me. So today, we're going to dig into offloading tasks so that you have more time as an owner. With me is Shane Ryder of Kiowa Fitness in Independence, Oregon. He made our EHR leaderboard in August. Shane, welcome to Two Brain Radio. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, Mike. I'm fired up. You're going to help a lot of people because just like me, they're stuck in spots where they're not offloading tasks and having trouble developing staff. So I want to know how you do it. So I understand that you let most of your team handle the day-to-day tasks now. Was it hard to release control and delegate that or how did you learn to do it? Let's say in the beginning, it was really tough. I didn't have a clear vision in how to do that. It was something that probably like most gym owners, it's burning yourself out and you're, you know, having a really hard time, you know, burning the candle on both ends. And it's like trying to figure out a way to how to get yourself out of doing everything. And once you kind of offload, I think those first couple things like the gym cleaning and maybe hiring your first coach or something like that, it tends to get a little bit easier, but um, there's definitely some, little bit of issue personally, like letting go of your, you know, kind of like you're, you're letting your child go on their first bicycle ride. Like, Oh, you're really nervous. And, and are they going to be able to fill that task? But um, yeah, in the beginning it was tough, but now that I've done it a few times and I have all of my tasks laid out like that I was doing previously and which ones I wanted to let go of first and then kind of work down the list of things that, um, um, I wasn't really getting joy out of essentially and that I was, I was okay with letting go. And then there's some things that it's like, I really enjoy still doing that, but I know for the better of the business, I need to, to hand it off to somebody else. So what was the first thing you offloaded? Cleaning the gym was the first thing. Cleaning. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was uh, more of my, my wife, like, Hey, you know, you're there from sun up to sundown you know, now we're coming in on the weekends or staying later, you know, nine, 10 o'clock at night to, to clean. Cause it was something that we, we made a, um, a very specific priority that we are going to keep this place as spotless as we possibly can, which is very difficult for a gym. So you have to spend a <laughs> lot of time doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we bought that, that floor cleaner and, um, that was one of our, our first big purchases, you know, in a, in, a, in our gym and spending time cleaning it and stuff but it's like then our weekends got filled up with cleaning and stuff and so she said we need we need you need some time off you know you gotta take a break so let's find somebody to help do that and that was one of the first things for sure and then it became um my first one of my first coaches 
uh, we hired was the next thing. So you did the classic thing where you were kind of the one person show right off the bat, correct? Yep. Right off the bat. It was all me yeah. for um, probably a solid 10 months, I believe. Okay. Yeah. When, when did you start? When did you open the business? We opened in uh, November of 2015. So we're okay. knocking on the door of seven years. Wow. That's awesome. And when did you do that? When did you offload this thing? Was this uh, shortly after? Or did you do the thing where I did work for five or seven years, cleaning <laughs> the gym yourself while you're doing, doing lunges and warm up with a vacuum cleaner? Did you do that? Uh, <laughs> um, it was probably three or four months in. Um, we'd had, uh, we're close to a, a college town, Western Oregon University. And we had a couple college kids want to come in. And typically in our, our style of gym, the the more the boutique fitness if you will that college kids can't really afford those kind of memberships and their their high school had crossfit previously so they come in and were like hey we really want to to work out here we just can't afford it is there anything we can do and i'm like yes there is <laughs> you can clean our gym so now, um, i've made mistakes with that one so i want to ask you if you did the same thing as me or if you were much more clever I had a deal like that, but we never, we kind of didn't formalize it. So like the holiday would come around or whatever, and it just wouldn't happen. And then everyone ended up mad at each other. Did you do that same thing or did you, were you smarter than me and put contracts in place? Oh, no, no. I'm still, I'm still learning that <laughs> process. Like I'm still getting, okay. still getting bitten by not having the contractual agreements with uh, some of our staff, but no, that was more of a kind of a handshake deal. Like, Hey, you do this. And then, you know, you, you get the service from us. And um, I mean, it worked out really well till it didn't. Right. And then just like anything else that um, then we found the next person who's been with us. um, He was a member of the gym, probably like right after we opened. So he's been with us almost all seven years and him and his son uh, picked up the cleaning and um, it's been immaculate ever since and very high standard. So it was definitely a, uh, a great uh, transition to our newer cleaning personnel for sure. Yeah. And Jim, if you're listening, cleaning is one of the first roles you can offload because it's not a role that you need to do. All right. And there's cleaners are going to do a better job than you. Like I know that you care about your gym, but the reality is, is that you're not a cleaner. You're a coach and an entrepreneur offload that cleaning role for 15 or so dollars. Two rent has an exact process that teaches you how to do this in order and the idea is that you're going to pay a cleaner, I don't know, 12 to $20 an hour, whatever it is in your area. You're going to use the time that's saved, say four hours a week to make back the money that you're spending on the cleaner and more. That's the key. You have to make more and you're replacing yourself in what we call low value roles. That doesn't mean they're unimportant. It just means they're not as valuable as CEO work. Replace yourself, level up, do more important work. Good things will happen. And what I'll recommend, something I didn't do, when you start with this stuff, formalize it, right? Put the stuff in place and say, just so there's no hard feelings or vagueness, here's how you do it. Here's exactly the job. Here's when it needs to be done. Here are the standards. Sign it and away we go. And that's going to save you a ton of problems because I did not do this and it was done whenever to certain standards and so forth and whatnot. So you can save yourself a lot of heartache by putting that stuff in place. Now, cleaning might be considered an easy role to replace yourself in because most gym owners don't really have a passion for it. It's not why we open gyms. It's relatively inexpensive to replace yourself in that role. But how, Shane, did you manage to start offloading higher value roles and stepping back maybe from coaching and other things like that? Well, I think the first um, the first way that I, I started handing that off was 
probably like most people, you really start feeling the burnout and you start mm-hmm. trying to find somebody who um, just any, almost anybody who can do that role. Like, who do I think can coach? Like, I mean, <laughs> who's <laughs> any, awake at 6 a.m. Yeah, right? like, who, who, who can come in here and, and just kind of, you know, even fake the funk, you know, to get you to, to, to fill <laughs> yeah. that position. And I mean, um, fortunately for me, I was very uh, timing wise. We had our first coach who came in and filled a role for us. She was leaving another gym and she uh, was looking for another gym to coach at. And we just, she wanted the right fit. We wanted the right fit. Uh, Very knowledgeable and had been doing, you know, the high intensity, functional fitness, CrossFit stuff, Olympic lifting, all the things like someone like almost like that unicorn, like, Oh my gosh, this person's coming into my gym and, and they want to coach here. Yay. Like, absolutely. Like whatever you want to do, like bend over backwards to get that person to come. And, you know, I was pretty fortunate that um, as the years had went on, we've done some different things. Um, We, we built up our staff pretty well through um, internally people who had been doing CrossFit for a few years, someone who's, really eager to, to kind of take that next, you know, um, that next step into being a part of the gym and the community and being more of an active role with the business and going to go with their level one and, um, and then bringing them on slowly onboarding them. And the processes have changed over the years as well. Um, 2000, 2020 really, uh, hurt us as far as, you know, shutdowns and whatnot, like a lot of people did. And we ended up losing quite a few of our staff members. And so um, this is where my um, policies and procedures of our coaching role really took effect. And then how we decided to start interning and um, how we started to fill in the process, the, the procedures of onboarding new coaches. And cause it was, it was there, but the, the practicality of it was, was not quite as good. Like it was very impractical, um, trying to months and months and months of, of onboarding and, and interning and shadowing classes. And it just wasn't realistic for, for someone to kind of just follow this process for so, such a long period of time. So we just, we kind of downsized that. And then we started what's called the advanced theory course, which I got from two brain as well. And, uh, just refined that for what we were looking for. And, when we were fully back up and running again, post COVID, I put out a message to our members say, Hey, we're doing this advanced theory course, but we're looking for new, um, new fresh faces and who really want to do this and be a part of the gym in a bigger role. And we had 12 people who signed up. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so every time I talk to a, a gym owner, like you who has a high hourly rate, the word that always comes up and you just said it was policies and the other word is procedures, right? Mm-hmm. So this stuff, it, and it's, it's boring, it's tedious, it's not sexy writing out these things, but it is literally the backbone of every business from the giant franchise like McDonald's, which is like a you know global success story to the local gym where the owner is making a great wage and not driving him or herself or herself into the ground working a million hours. It always comes back to policies and procedures. And you really hit on it there where you had that stuff, COVID sets you back, but you can then just plug people back into your systems and so forth. How did you get all this stuff set up? Like, how did you formalize everything and get these things in place so that you had them as a backbone of your business? Well, fortunately, I stayed in um, contact with one of my former uh, gym owners where I first started, you know, doing CrossFit um, back in 2013. He was really helpful when I decided to open my own and anything I needed 
whatever oh, advice nice. I could give you. Um, so pretty much he had his handbook, you know, the employee handbook and a lot of his policies and procedures obviously aligned with what we were looking for and what we were wanting to do here. So, you know, he forwarded along, Hey, change what you need, update, you know, headers and footers and, and, you know, keep it as a living document. And uh, fortunately my wife has a, a human resources background as well. So she's, Beautiful. very, you know, in tune to the things that we need to have to run a successful business as well. So um, kind of just put all that together. And over time, it, it's just kind of growing and adjusting and, and making it to kind of what it is today and the, the success that we've had by using it and continuing to update it. So um, now, Shane had someone who was able to give him that book. You may not have that as a gym owner. I can tell you, Tubring can be that friend for you because we have these policies and procedures. We have roles. We have all this stuff for you as part of the mentorship package. So if you're struggling, you don't know where to start. We have playbook templates and all the things can lead you down this path. Because when I started, I didn't have the friend like that either. And I really struggled. I really, it took me forever to offload this stuff. I never did it very successfully. So I'm always inspired by gym owners who are able to do it quickly. When did you start with two ranching? The I think October 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Like um, perfect timing, did, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's that's isn't that the truth? When you started, you already had some of this stuff in place because I'm hearing that you kind of you had some original playbook stuff and you were you had offloaded some things. What changed working with a mentor with that process? Did you have to upgrade anything or change anything, or was it a system or review? Or how did what changed with mentorship? Oh yeah, I took uh, what Two Brain had offered for support and help, and just kind of um, just bounced it off each other. Things that uh, that I liked from because with, with Two Brain you have this knowledge of of all these different gems and and all the knowledge that Two Brain has has picked up over the years, and you could see the things that like were I had to fill some holes. Like oh hey, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about this. Um, I'm still you know obviously still working on it. Like doing contractual agreements with, with coaches and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, putting that in there and, and just stuff that, that you just don't think about, like uh, having a head coach, having, you know, so a social media person, which wasn't something that uh, the employee handbook had or have like, you know, roles of responsibilities for a, for a social media, because it really was, wasn't quite a thing yet when he started his gym. So yeah. Um, having an admin wasn't something that I even thought I was going to ever need. And then, you know, digging in there and, and seeing that they have the roles and responsibilities for an admin. And when, when in my business did I need to start bringing someone in for an admin, which was actually this last rule that I just had filled, which really helped me, nice. which I mean, I think that's why it kind of tied in with the, you know, being on the leaderboard for the month of August is that I brought her on in June and July and I took some time off. So it allowed me to, you know, make sure that what I had said was her roles and responsibilities that she was able to to take that and run with it and, and be successful from right out, you know, right from the gate, right from the start. As you've been offloading this stuff, have you been successful in leveling up to those other roles, like going up from, you know, not cleaning anymore. So I'm spending my time on this higher value role and then eventually working up into that CEO role. Has that been an easy transition for you? Definitely not at first. Um, because I think the passion that most people get, uh, from wanting to open this business is working with clients, you know, working as a coach and, and educating and, um, and just being in with the classes and the groups of people and 
the the personal touches you get to you know talk to everybody and see everybody and as you slowly start pulling yourself away like there's definitely some some feelings of like maybe remorse like oh am i doing the right thing um uh maybe some imposter syndrome going on like oh i shouldn't be doing this you know i'm i'm letting people down because I'm not part of the classes anymore. I'm not as um, involved in the, in all the day-to-day stuff and people aren't seeing me as much, but, you know, stepping back and realizing that um, the biggest thing for me that I had to come to terms with is that if anything ever happened to me, I was doing so much that, if, you know, if I'm in the hospital for weeks or months on end for, you know, whatever reason, is the gym going to survive? And I needed to get it to a point into a place where I knew it would. And now I know for a fact I'm, I'm there. Like I can go on vacations just fine. I can, you know, be away from the gym for a few days. Um, just doing my, doing other things and not have to worry about anything being missed. And, and that's, that's a heavy one, right? Cause like you think about it, just gym owners, we set up to help people. We can't help anyone if the gym goes out of business because we're burned out and cranky and not getting any sleep and getting divorced because we can't spend any time with our families. Like that, that's a reality. And like, I know people that have gone through that. You know, I definitely had my own struggles with like working way too much. So to be able to get that gym on autopilot is a great thing, but it's also challenging. And you laid out the exact same thing. And it's funny because I had a member tell me one time when I had replaced myself with some coaches, uh, the member said, I think it's a mistake. I think, you know, you need to be coaching more. And I was like, I can't, I can't give you, I can't give you what, what I did before because I'm exhausted, you know, and that coach honestly was doing a better job than I was anyways. And so for me, you know, I had to then eventually sell that to the members and let them know that like, I am not the face and the soul of this business. And luckily my wife became that. And then she had coaches that did that. But as an owner, it's very hard. There is that guilt, right? You feel like, wow, I'm just not pulling my weight. But then the interesting thing, and I've talked to other gym owners about this, once you start delegating and seeing what it does for the business, what it does for the clients, it gets addictive, right? Because you realize I can do more for more and better for more people. Did that happen to you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were able to just offer, you know, different services. I think uh, having that, the the personal training or even the the one-on-one intro classes, I was able to to start working on those. And in onboarding, on ramping our members more effectively, instead of trying to rush them through, like actually sitting down with them, doing assessments, mobility and, and exercise assessments with, with our new members. And I could actually say, hey, we need to spend some more time on this before we send you on the group class. And I was able to do that. And then I was able to hire some personal trainers who are now doing that, that we, I can offload that to them. Same thing with like our youth classes. I was coaching all the youth classes, you know, found somebody who was very interested in coaching youth classes through our advanced theory course, brought her on, um, had the the local university that I mentioned earlier. They have an exercise science program, finding interns, want to come in, bring them on. And so it's just like, yes, let me keep on, you know, bringing, bringing on new members and onboarding them and making sure that, you know, we're, we're following the prop, you know, proper policies and procedures and and how we do things and setting expectations that, you know, there's a, there's a level of service that we provide and, you know, and a level of, of care that we provide as well, that needs to, we need to maintain that standard. And so um, we also started a weightlifting program that 
the, the individual that I mentioned earlier, who's cleaning the gym really, you know, caught the weightlifting bug, went and has USAW level one and two started the weightlifting program. We now have, you know, 30 some members in our weightlifting program. So it's just all those things that, you know, as you free up your time, you can, your, your vision is, um, I think when, a couple of years ago or last year when they had Jocko on, um, for the, uh, summit, you know, he talked about, you know, if your head is always down and in, you can't be, you can't look up and out. And now that I was able to kind of look up and out and see, you know, down the road, Hey, I want to start this kids program. I want to start this weightlifting program. I need to get our nutrition on track. I need to get our personal training on track. And now we just started the legends course of 55 and over. And once again, found the right coach. We sat down, she onboarded through the, the two brain legends course. And um, now it's off and running, you know, and, and that's just the yeah. beauty, the beauty of the, once you get past that nervousness of handing off tasks, that it just becomes easier. You can't look up and out when you're looking down at a, scl- a floor scrubber, right? <laughs> exactly. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just impossible to do. And you're, you're, you know, I remember scrubbing, uh, scraping ch- uh, gum off rowing machines, however the hell it got there. <laughs> and that was not going to do anything to build my business. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the, the, the obvious question, and I think I know the answer, but I'll ask you anyways, how did the business change financially as you started to get yourself out of these roles and look up and out? I mean, yeah, you probably know, uh, just like most people at two brain that once you start able to pull yourself away and actually start to run your business more effectively, like financially, just, you know, 50, 60% improvement in, in revenue, and profit. And, um, wow. it was one thing that that's one thing, one of the hard lessons is, you know, getting your, your finances correct and making sure that you, you know, your, your cash flow is correct and working with, uh, I think I just started with insight tax a few months ago and, yeah, and John Briggs pump for yeah, him. Yeah. You know, and, uh, got on the, the profit first mentality and opened up the different accounts. And it's one of those things that's like, why didn't I do this? You know, but it's one of the things that you put kind of on the back burner, like, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it. Like I have all those other fires to put out. And, but once you have time to sit down and, and say, okay, now I'm the accountant of the gym. Like, do I want to be the accountant of the gym? No, I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to remove myself from that role. And, and so, you know, it was easy enough to hop on a call with them, understand like what their vision is for you and your gym and, and getting the finances straight. And so now I can see like how much profit we're taking, how much owner pay and, um, that we need to be doing first. And then knowing that, Hey, there's some things that we need to do on our end to, to pay the, you know, pay our coaches and, and pay our, um, our monthly electric bill and rent and that kind of stuff. And, but now I feel like there's a little more ease that I don't feel like so stressed about it. I know it's all there. I see it coming in. I, if I have some erroneous, you know, um, payment go out, like why, what, you know, what is that? Why is it going out? And I can, I can spend time researching that and, and making sure that, you know, if this is a one-time thing, or if this is something that someone's trying to take money from me, you know, that I can get in there and nip it in the bud and not have to worry about missing a class, you know? Yeah. And you mentioned like if gym owners out there, if you're nervous about offloading stuff and like, how do I pay for this? Again, there is an exact step-by-step plan. It involves math. It is not hard. And you're going to look at your hours. You're going to look at your tasks. You're going to break them down by replacement value, meaning what is it going to cost me to fill this role? Then you're going to figure it out. 
And there is an exact process. So it's not just like hire everyone and walk. There is a process in place and we can lead you through it. Shane, how many hours do you think you were working at your peak when you started out? What was your max, do you think, weekly? Oh, um, Three figures? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I coached. So when I started out, I didn't really have any sort of um, idea about you know, schedules, like I always think about it, man, if I would have done something different, obviously, like we can always go back and, you know, hindsight and all that. But mm-hmm. I was working, you know, we had 5am, 6am, 9am, noon, 5pm, 6pm, 7pm. So seven classes a day, six days a week, or five, five days a week, because I even had it through like Fridays, like, hey, everybody's going to want to come to the gym. And, and, you know, I got to be able to have availability all the time. So I mean, that's, you know, 35 hours just in coaching classes. Then I had two on Saturday. So that's 37. Then I had two on Sunday. Um, that's just coaching. Just, yeah, this is just coaching. Like, this isn't, so I was a programming, you know, our, our workouts, um, everything else that's involved, you know, cleaning the gym, um, attempting to do some sort of social media posts, you know, to, to try mm-hmm. to show people I'm relevant in the area. Um, and so, I mean, we're, we're probably talking 70, probably 70 a week. That's not sustainable. I mean, yeah. that's a recipe for burnout. Like mm-hmm. you, you could, as a hard grinding gym owner, and I've been there, you can sustain that for a bit, mm-hmm. but eventually it's no one can do it forever. And then the quality of service goes down and then eventually businesses go, go under because you just, it's not worth it anymore. How many hours a week are you working now? How does this work out? Like, what is, what are your roles at the gym like now? Um, you know, I was just looking at it. I think I'm a right around 12 hours a week right now. Um, Life is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. 70 to 12. I mean, that's a huge, a huge improvement, right? Um, wow. Quality of life is great. So um, pretty much what I'm doing now is what, what I want to do. It's uh, nothing that I need to, like, if I wanted to, to pass things off, I could, but right now it's mostly, uh, I have a couple personal training clients who I really enjoy working with. And if, you know, they, they move on or, or if I need to pass them off to somebody else, I, I pretty much keep my cap myself at five clients because I really still want to coach. And I really want to, you know, have that personal connection with some of our members in the gym for sure. So um, I do that. I do um, our, I do weekly meetings with two of my staff, my, our, um, customer or success manager and our admin, we have staff meetings every Monday and then I have week or monthly meetings with my head coach and, um, our other coaches we meet monthly. So mostly it's just, you know, running the business and, and deciding, you know, what direction we need to go and, and, you know, when are we going to do an apparel order? When are we going to do, fit aids and kill clips and, you know, all those kind of things like, you know, just running the, 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 the gym and, and the vision of the gym and moving it forward. And fortunately it's um, the day-to-day stuff that I've, I've passed off is running successfully and just a little bit of, uh, you know, checking in with our, our coaches and stuff like that and just making sure people are you know mentally well and, you know, getting their workouts in just like everybody else's and, uh, and that's about it. It sounds like you've gone from cleaner to CEO. I believe I have. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, because not everyone does that. A lot of gym owners get stuck in the muck and never get out of it. Uh, I'm going to ask you this. So you have this last thing. Last is we have gym owners out there who are where you were and where I was seven, seven, ten years ago, doing way too much and trying to figure this out. So the question for me is, what advice would you give a gym owner who's just working that 70-hour week and wants to get where you are? What do you do? Yeah, I was just talking to a gym owner um, just a few weeks ago. He's in our area and just he looked like he'd been run down and he talked to me about working a ton. And I said, you need to get on a call with two brain. I seriously like I'm not trying to to plug it because this is the the you know the, the podcast that I'm on, but I feel that the all the information, the direction, the mentorship, the um all the help, just just all the help and and resources are priceless. You know, they they put you in the right spot. They show you how to get there. They don't just say, "Hey, you need to go need to go hire a social media person." They need to go. You need to go hire a a cleaner. You need to go hire a new coach. And then you're just sitting back, like, "How? How do you do that?" You know. And Superin shows you how. They have multiple people who've done it. They have, you know, everything in place to help you. They have scripts. They have um, for me to put um, like employment ads out, you know, to to try to hire somebody. I mean, all that stuff is essentially done for you. Like there may be some stuff you need to go in and, and change, but otherwise they there's somebody there essentially almost 24 hours a day. Like you email, you, you know, you could text or, or get on the group and say, Hey, you know, I'm really having difficulty with this. How do you do it? And someone responding like almost immediately, which I think is, um, is like I said, priceless. Like it's really hard to, to wrap your head around that you have somebody available to you to help you through this process, but you just have to have help, especially if, you're at your wits end. Like I was, I like had no idea how to get to where I needed to go and get, have somebody there to kind of nudge you along and keep you accountable. Just like, you know, us coaches in the gym being accountable to our members, like to be accountable to, to, to somebody else and for you to get homework and, and tasks to do before your next time you meet them. It, it's like that driving force to, to get you to a better spot. And that's the biggest thing that's ever helped me. Like, I could once again go back, you know, in 2015 and get on a call with with Two Brain and and get mentorship from the from the beginning. I who knows where I'd be now, but I'm definitely grateful for when I found them and how how the business has has grown since then. Mentorship is about saving time, and that's really what it is. You would have figured it out eventually, but by doing it through with the help and support you can get through it so much faster because you don't have to lay the tracks yourselves you just have to tailor things to your specific business that's why chris cooper is passionate about one-on-one -on -one mentorship one mentor works with one business owner we take the existing systems and we tailor them to that business save you time so that you can get out of the 70 hour week scraping gum off the rowers and you can hang out with uh with shane at the whiskey bar <laughs> After work and enjoy enjoy your favorite pastimes, oh, yeah. uh, Shane. Thank you so much. I'm not going to uh, add another hour to your work week here. I'm going to let you go, but I really appreciate you sharing, uh, you know, an extra hour of your time with uh, our community to let them know how you did this. And congratulations again for making our leaderboard for August. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. 
You're very welcome. That was EHR leader Shane Ryder on Two Brain Radio. Thanks for listening to the show. Please hit subscribe on the way out wherever you're watching or listening. Now, here's Chris Cooper with a final message. Hey, it's Two Brain founder Chris Cooper with a quick note. The Gym Owners United Facebook group has more than 5,600 members and it's growing daily. If you aren't benefiting from the free tips and tactics and resources that I post daily in that group, what are you waiting for? Get in there and grow your business. That's Gym Owners United on Facebook or www.gymownersunited.com. Join today 